Life Audio. The Bible Study Podcast, episode 820. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 80. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're continuing on with one of these Psalms of Asaph. We've been going through the Psalms of Asaph, who had been appointed by David as one of the official writers of Psalms and musicians of the court. But before we do that, let's listen to this message. Did you know that the Salvation Army not only provides services to those in need, but we also produce a network of Christian podcasts you can listen to on your favorite podcast store? One of these shows, Words of Life, is a 15-minute weekly show featuring interviews, testimonies, Bible studies, and more. In April, we'll once again hear from author and pastor Natalie Runyon. She has created a new six-week discipleship course for women to talk about community, women in leadership, accountability, and more. We want discipleship to be what's drawing people, not bounce houses. They're more likely to come back and not just to be entertained. Even in me, you know, making him have to pry it from my hands, he was still saying, but I have something better. It was because of the redeemed saying so, of telling the story of what God had done. When we point people to him, they're going to want to know him. Listen to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit wordsoflifepodcast.org. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. So in Psalm 80, we begin here with, for the director of music, to the tune of the Lilies of the Covenant of Asaph, a psalm. It's interesting to me, when I see this in Psalms, certain psalms are marked with what the melody is, because remember, these are songs. Now, I don't know what the ancient melody was of the Lilies of the Covenant. I don't know that anyone does at this point, but they were songs. They were sometimes sung, as we can see here, to other tunes. And this is something that has continued in the church at various times. For instance, one of the places that was most obvious was during the time of the Reformation. Some of our best-known hymns were sung to the tune of other songs that were known by the people at the time. And I think of things like We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing, which was originally, I once knew a gal and her name was Matilda, which is not a spiritual song, but the songs were used to popular tunes so that people would know how to sing them. And it goes like this, Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God, make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. 
You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea, its shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by may pick its grapes? Boars from the forest ravage it, and insects from the fields feed on it. Return to us, God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine, the root your right hand is planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, it is burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of the man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us, and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. I will admit that halfway through this psalm, as we were talking about how long, Lord, will your anger smolder and our enemies mock us, I literally had to stop and say, <laughs> did, did I already do Psalm 80? Am I getting confused here? But no, this is just a very familiar theme here with Asaph. As you could imagine, if you found yourself in a situation where you felt that God had turned his back on your people because of what you had done and that God was angry with you and everybody around you was pressing in on all sides, all of your enemies, you might not write a lot of love songs during those days. You might write a lot of songs like this, and Asif does. And so we get yet another version of how long, Lord? How long are you going to turn your back on us because of what we have done? So it starts here. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, who sit in between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. So remembering who God is, God who is in heaven, who is powerful, sitting there enthroned between the cherubim, and then remembering that God leads his people. God had led his people into the promised land, but also that God continues to lead his people, uh, even in the time of Asaph and even today with the definition of his people may have changed, but God has not changed one little bit. And so restore us, God, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. So we're in trouble, things have gone bad, and we're hoping to get back to where we were. We're hoping that you'll make your face shine on us, that you'll you'll look at us with favor, that you'll look at us and smile. And knowing that if God looks at us and smiles at us, that God looks at us and looks at us with favor, then our situation will be changed. When we say that we may be saved, we're saved from something. And so Asaph has in mind the problems that the country is going through right at that time. And then, and then, of course, the part that made me look to see if we were repeating this, how long, Lord, were your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You fed them the bread of tears, the tears by the bowlful. You made us an object of derision, and our enemies mock us. So bad things have been happening. We have no power. Everybody's conquering us, and we sit here with our bread and bowl of tears. And how long will you continue to be mad at us? Now, I don't know about you, but I've been married for 42 years and I've said things or done things that have made someone who I love greatly 
mad at me and I've times felt, you know, how long do I have to be punished for that stupid thing I did or that stupid thing that I said, knowing full well that I deserved it, but hoping that it would come to an end, looking for mercy. And then again, we get that repeat. Again, this is a song, and so it's easy for us to have refrains, and that same refrain from verse 3 comes down in verse 7, Restore us, God Almighty, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. And so again, calling out to God, would you look at us differently? Would you look at us and save us? And then I liked this analogy here, starting in verse 8 here, about the people of God the people of Israel in this case, as a transplanted vine. You transplanted a vine from Egypt, you drove out the nations, you planted it, you cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. So you brought us out of Egypt to a place where we were not native, a place that was not ours, and you you cleared the ground like you would clear the ground if you're planting a vineyard, and you put protections around it, you put up your, your walls and things like that in the same way that you cleared the people who were here in this promised land before us and you planted us here and we took root and filled the land the mountains were covered in its shade the mighty cedars with its branches its branches reached as far as the sea its shoots as far as the river and when you just see in the bible the sea we're talking about the mediterranean typically and as far as the river we're probably talking about the euphrates river these big and mighty rivers these big and mighty seas so this, they spread out to this region. But why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its graves? So why have you taken your protection away that you put on your vineyard or your protection that you put on this country so that everyone is picking on us and literally picking on us here, like picking the grapes as you walk by and boars from the forest ravage it, insects from the fields feed on it and then return to us, God. Look down from heaven and see. Look down from heaven and see what's going on. Look down from heaven and have mercy on us. Watch over this vine, the root your right hand has planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. So we we start to switch from this analogy of vine to sun, but this that we are the work of your hands. We are what you have done. Remember this work and don't let it be in vain. Come and save us. The vine is cut down, it's burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. Let your hands rest on the man at your right hand, the son of the man you raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. The same thing we saw last week, this promise that if this time, this time, we're going to remember you. This time, we're not going to be unfaithful again. And you can imagine this happening sometime in Judges. Uh, That's not what Asaph right? But you could imagine if they said, well, this time, after you restore us from the Midianites or after you restored us from whoever's invaded us, this time we're actually going to be good. This time we're going to remember. It's one of those things that as a parent, if you have a child who's, who is continually being disobedient but says, if you'll end my grounding early or if you'll restore my iPhone, which you took away, or if you'll do whatever it is that, that I, was the punishment, this time for sure, this time I'm going to be good. Sometimes you can imagine that that's how God feels like when the people of God, the people of Israel, the people of Judah, the people of us, (laughs) say, this time, I swear to God, this time I'm going to follow and do what you say. That God knows sometimes we're going to fall very short of that and fall flat on our faces. And yet still he chooses to restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us 
that we may be saved. This third time that the psalmist uses that particular refrain. I pray that you and I will be faithful to God this week. I pray that God will look on us with favor and that God will give you peace. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.